0: This is the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this is a pretty interesting episode we have for you today from the standpoint where a guy reaches out to me. I think it was either Facebook or Instagram. He goes, Hey man, I got an idea. I need to talk to you about it. I have a friend who wants the same results as me, but is not willing to put in the extra effort. And maybe it's because he's busy with life or maybe it's because he, he doesn't uh, take into consideration all the details uh, for strategy, but he, he. He kind of he wants to, he wants to shoot a big buck, but n- never really wants to put in the work to get to that point. And so that's what today's podcast is about. And I'm sure as I say this, um, I really don't have any hunting buddies. I mean, I, I have friends who hunt, don't get me wrong. but when it comes to sharing a farm or meeting up with someone at the end of every night or I'm in a, a big text chain with people, I don't really do that. I'm kind of a solo guy, but back in the day when I was younger, I definitely knew someone like this, and uh, so that's what today's podcast is about. I'm not going to go too deep in the intro about it. You guys will listen to it, and as soon as you start hearing uh, today's guests talk about it, uh, you're going to understand. So with that said, I just want to keep this intro really short. Uh, If you're looking for a saddle... Go check out Tethered. Uh, they they have not only some of the best saddle equipment available, they also have a, um, a YouTube channel and their website. Tons of information about how to properly use their products. Wasparchery.com. Uh, my opinion, some of the best design mechanicals and fixed blade broadheads on the market uh, American made most of them are American made and uh, awesome design awesome material and that leads to uh, an awesome broadhead. Uh, discount code s no 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 NFC20 20% off everything at waspartry.com Hunt stand again last night should have been in bed at about 9 30 10 o'clock I was up till 1115 fiddle farting around on uh, uh, hunt stand just just trying to break down properties right new properties old properties um, out-of-state properties public land private land breaking it all down looking at access routes because in about 20 20 days now i think i'm going on my first hunt and so i am I'm, i, I want to know exactly where i'm going i want to have plan a b c d e f g uh planned out and i do all that on Huntstand. huntstand.com discount code for 20 percent off sn20 and lastly vortex optics uh vortex optics. Uh, I like, I love the guys that work there. They're amazing people. Uh, the customer service for that company is amazing. So if you have a problem with your optics or you need information about what optic to purchase, go ahead and visit, uh, you know, call up vortex and there's going to be somebody there that, that will help you out. All right. So VortexOptics.com. uh, Binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, rifle scopes, red dots, you name it, they have it. And they want you to be satisfied. And that's how they get return customers. So uh, go check out Vortex products. Now, if you're not following along on Instagram, Nine Finger Chronicles, uh, go do that. If you're not following along on the Sportsman's Empire, go do that. And when you go to sportsmansempire.com, click on on network and then explore all of the other podcasts that are on the network and I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised that man we are putting out some of the best content in the category. So, uh tons of uh tons of shout-outs to all the guys who are a part of the Sportsman's Empire and thank you for following along and listening to that. So, without further ado, let's get into I don't even know what the title of this is right now, but it's a really good episode, so enjoy.
1: Okay.
0: three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Brian Nagy. Brian, how we doing, man?
1: I'm great, Dan. How are you today?
0: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Where are you from?
1: I am from Buffalo, New York. I'm about 10 minutes from the Canadian border.
0: Okay, Buffalo, New York. Uh, I don't know why, but every time, the only thing I think about every time I hear of Buffalo, New York is lake effect snow and how you guys, <laughs> like certain parts of the year, you guys just get hammered. Oh, yeah. Is it, yeah uh, is it pretty bad?
1: Yeah, I mean, every year we get these big storms in, but, I mean, the October storm is pretty good. The blizzard is pretty good. Um, what happens is our wind drift comes off of Canada so hard, and it literally just dumps right down through Buffalo, into the southern tier, so there's literally a wall. I mean, you can go on Google and type in the October storm, and you'll see distinctive walls of where the storm is just dumping on Buffalo.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's gnarly, man. So you, you guys uh, you guys get your workout removing snow in the winter time.
1: <laughs> that is for sure. That's for sure.
0: What? Let me yeah. ask you a question. Um, when you hunt in an area like that, and and there's just tons of snow in a short period of time, what what are the deer doing in that time frame?
1: Well, I mean, it's specific on where the snow is dropping, right? So if I go hunt, my aunt's property was about 30 minutes from me. um, There's no agriculture. So if the snow comes, that property is done. The deer are gone and they move towards the food. Now, if I go about an hour and a half southern tier for me, there's more agricultural food for them. So I just get closer to the food sources.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, what do you do for a living?
1: Uh, I'm a Buffalo police officer.
0: Oh, police officer. All right. Well, thank you for serving. Um, What's, uh, I mean, if someone asks you, uh, what does a police officer do in a given day? How would you answer that question?
1: Jack of all trades, master of none.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go into detail about that.
1: Well, it all depends on the shift. Some shifts are busier than others. It also depends on where you work in the city of Buffalo. I happen to work on the east side, which is a little more upbeat, we'll say, yeah. it's more violent than other areas of Buffalo. So, I mean, my shift can be anything from just responding to a traffic accident to going to a homicide call to just a domestic violence call. Yeah. It, it ranges from everything in the spectrum. I and mean, there's other times where it's. It might just be a community event that you got to go hang out and show a face at.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. What's the what's the crazies like? Because I, I was in Nashville this yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago, and compared to other places like I've been to Portland, I've been to Seattle, I've been to Chicago, mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of crazies. Is what I like to call them. What's the crazy situation like in Buffalo?
1: I would say it's comparable to most other places I was also a cop in uh, Washington DC for three and a half years okay so it's pretty similar across the board yeah gotcha. everybody everybody has them how they handle them might be different but I mean from there to here we get our fair share of calls of just crazies and mental health calls and just yeah. people that want it ensue chaos
0: yeah yeah I got gotcha. you all right mm-hmm. um, so do you I like I've've I i I've known guys who really love being a police officer. I know guys who have gotten into it and then they're looking for a way out of it. Where, uh, like, do you really like being a, a police officer, or do you wish there was a, another route? Sometimes.
1: No, I love it. Um, I'm actually working on a master's. I'm almost done with them. About three cl- three classes, and I'm done in criminal justice. Oh, nice. Oh, so I'm coming up on almost ten years being in the field, and I still love it to this day. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's days where the bear gets you. Yeah. Well, it is. It's, you know, you get to see some crazy stuff, do some crazy stuff. Yeah. And then, like, if you played sports, it's like going to your hockey team, you know, and then you go win a game. and it was hooting and hollering in the locker room after like some calls are like that, too. Yeah. So that camaraderie, that friendship.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So, man, police officer, I, I, I. Are you looking like now that you got your masters, are you thinking of maybe detectives your next next step or a, a different position within law enforcement?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely want to advance up through the department. Um, ours to get promoted it's all based off a test. Okay. It's based off how many years you have on the department. So after like five and seven years you're eligible to take your first exams. So gotcha. that'd be the next step to be either take the lieutenant's exam which we don't have sergeants. Or detect
0: the exam and then go from there. Yeah, man! Huge shout out to you guys for doing what you do. But we're gonna talk about deer today. All right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, I have to laugh at this because <laughs> when you when you reached out to me with this topic, I was like, dude, I know so many people. I don't. I don't know if it's a problem or an issue. It is for one guy, uh, usually, and yeah. I've been a part of it. Uh, before and that's usually why I don't hunt with a hunting buddy anymore because of expectations and the the amount of energy that uh, one person wants to put into it versus another person and so uh, why don't you kind of walk us through what I'm getting at here
1: yeah for sure so I when like I said uh, when I was younger I got into hunting because I'd watch all the tv shows I remember I was 13 years old I cried so much that I wanted to go that my dad actually bought me a bow after my birthday as a birthday gift.
0: Oh, nice. Um,
1: it took a year of me complaining and whining. <laughs> and, uh, my mom actually took me like months later to get it set up. So for a while, she would take me every Friday to go shoot the bow at a local shop. So I was all self self-taught. I was just flinging arrows at a giant wall trying to figure stuff out. And um, then I slowly got into hunting with my cousin where it was like, He'd pick me up from school. We'd rush out to the family farm, and I would have my thermos full of hot chocolate, and I would sit in the stand 10 feet off not having a clue what to do if an animal walked in front of me.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just loved it. I was, like, obsessed with it. And then over the years, you hunt more, right? And then you start seeing deer that you want to see. And somewhere from going to that little 14-year-old boy that's in the stand with his bow to where I am now, it's like I enjoy the whole process more than I probably enjoy the actual hunt. Yeah. You know, like this year alone, I saw a deer is probably close to 160. It's probably one of the biggest deer I've seen in New York State. And I didn't get a shot at him, but i seen him twice on the hoof within 40 yards. And to me, that was a win. Yeah. But the issue is, I have a good friend who I got into hunting maybe six, seven years ago. And his style is similar to mine when I first started. And we bought heads quite often during the season.
0: Yeah. So so it sounds to me like you have taken certain steps to become better educated on deer hunting, deer behavior. Um you're you're a little bit more mobile. Uh you you like the chess match of it and then your your hunting buddy is a is a a guy who just like wants wants the same results that you do but doesn't want to put any effort or work into it.
1: Yeah, I don't want to say he doesn't put any effort into it, but you can't hunt a deer that doesn't exist. Yeah. So if you're limiting yourself to your 35 acres where his family owns land, and unfortunately his dad might stomp all over the property pushing all the deer out or making them nocturnal, Yeah. like you're not going to shoot the deer that you want and put on your wall because he's not going to come during the daytime. And he doesn't want to venture too far off into state land and he wants to just hunt off, the road, wake up last minute, you know, where me it's like I like to get up early, take my shower, be in the stand an hour before dark. Yeah. Like it's different.
0: Yeah. So where do you guys butt heads at?
1: Oh man, everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give me some examples.
1: Um, so like uh it's been going on so long that even when we first started, we would hunt together and say, you know, he'd hunt his property and i hunt down the street on the state land he'd get mad at me that I would wake up earlier than him because he wanted to sleep in. And like, that's where you start drawing the line. It's like, well, I got to walk into my stand, set up my, my mobile stand and then hope, you know, that all my, my scouting turns out where he's going to go to his own property. The stands already set up, jump in the shower and walk out when the sun's coming up and hope to see what he sees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? So it sounds to me like there's, um, are you When you guys go out, do you go out together, or do you guys drive separate?
1: Um. Well, we both have different schedules, so we try to line up our weekends together. He can make his a little more flexible, so he matches up with mine, but we always drive separate.
0: Okay, I got gotcha. you. So it's not like you guys rely on each other, or you're, or you're hunting the same pieces of property, right? Right. Right. But he has... You know, he he has a set amount of acres. Like you said, what did you say, 35 acres of private ground that he hunts? Yep. Right? And uh, it's not necessarily being managed for deer. You know, it sounds like there's somebody all over it. But what does, what is, when he goes into a season, what does he tell you? Like he wants to have, he wants to shoot a big buck. And then the big buck doesn't exist, or the big buck's not there, or it's on trail camera, but it's nocturnal. What? Where? Where's the disconnect? Where do you get frustrated with him
1: at? It's a little bit of all that, right? So, like, let's let's take up last season, uh, even the season before. He actually hit two deer that are good for the area, like above average. We'll say maybe one thirties, maybe maybe even touching one forties. And unfortunately, he didn't find either of them. One of the guys found the deadhead. Um, on a neighboring property, and wouldn't give it to him, which is unfortunate, especially because it would have been his first buck that he could have put on a wall. Yeah. Um, but there's there's just a lot. I mean, the best way to say it is, he puts his work in, but he doesn't at the same time. He he wants those stands that are like in the thicket, 100 yards off the road, but then he walks in, and he's eating peanuts in the stand, and you can smell him. <laughs> Like, and that's not an exaggeration. That's, I've literally walked up to him. Like, I can smell you eating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and so, and so he, it sounds to me like he, he goes through the process and he tries to, he, he, he puts time in the stand. Does he, does he, does he put time in the stand?
1: Like you put time in the stand? He he puts a lot of time in the stand. Okay. All right. But I, I tried telling him like, now he's, uh, he's expecting his first child coming up. And I was like, dude, like, if you're going to put any time in the stand, why not put it on the best days instead of wasting your time where you could, you know, be home with your wife or, you know what I mean? Kind of like stack the chips in your one side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds to me like the difference between you and him is the attention to detail. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. So when, so does he ever then get frustrated at you when he sees you find success and find like um, see what you're doing and you're going out there on public land, you're getting up early. Um, does he ever look at that and go, man, maybe I should do what he's doing or is he just kind of set in his ways?
1: I think it's, he, he does both, but it, it's almost, it's at the point now where I don't share my trail cam photos anymore because yeah. he gets upset. I just told him, maybe a month ago of the deer that I was telling you about one sixties that I saw him and I passed up another deer and I showed him the deer that I passed because during the season he gets mad at me that, you know, I might have a honey hole and he doesn't, but it's also, I'm putting boots on the ground and I'm, I'm moving cameras and instead of hunting, I'm walking around looking for the, the sign. So yeah. I'm, you know, it's not like I'm hunting all these times but I even go going, going out to the camp. I'm scouting too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me like you guys are just two different, types of people oh for sure yeah yeah. and so I had a I had a friend growing up or I, I yeah he's a friend and and so his expectations were the same as mine and this is right around the time where I started to do like I, it started to click for me I started to get mobile I started to um, have more encounters with deer and it wasn't happening for him And Mm -hmm. so he was like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm moving. I'm, 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 and it was what, what a guy told me, he's like, you got to move. You got to move. If you're not seeing deer, you got to move. If you're not getting close to deer, you got to move. And so he may have moved, but he, so one time we shared the same tree stand and we shared the same property and his forced his, like his sticks were like two. Two feet off the ground his, his stand was like, I could set my bow on the platform. And so, and so back in the day, uh, he's changed since then, but mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, he'd be like, man, I just don't, I don't know why I didn't see any deer. I'm like, dude, look at where your tree stands at. It's in a <laughs> fence line any deer coming by could see it. I mean, especially if you're, if you're doing any type of moving, you're like six to seven feet off the ground, which in, in some scenarios may be good, but not in a fence line where, you know, there's no backdrop or no cover. And then at the same time, uh, like he, he wasn't playing the wind, like his access route sucked. And so, I think the difference between us was I just picked up on it maybe a little bit sooner and was taking it serious a little bit sooner than the other guy was. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't necessarily see it such being such a bad thing, except for the fact that I don't hunt with anybody anymore. I'm pretty much just, I'm not in, like I'm solo, right? And just like you, I've kind of been the solo Guy. I've taught myself everything I know and I've had some, you know, I've talked to some people who I've been able to take some information away from, but the rest of it has just been me. And I don't know, man, it, it's, it's, it sounds to me though, like it's not a big deal with just because you guys don't hunt the same places. It's not like he's interrupting your hunts or he's not trying to get in on your places. Is he?
1: Um, yeah, so my aunt's property, he the one here, I let him I had a deer, a great deer on camera and I couldn't hunt. And I'm like, dude, you got to go hunt the stand. He's going to be there. And I said came, came down, which is our um our electrical company came down the neighboring power line and didn't see anything. So the one time I let him hunt my aunt's property, it was ruined out by a bunch of electricians doing the power lines. Yeah. But it's uh he it's almost like he gets a little bitter towards me that I stay out of my my honey hole unless the weather says K do is time to go in there like if I had my north wind at the front during the pre runs yeah for me based off of like 10 years of trail cam it starts to come in around the 25th and ends like, about November 7th for us
0: yeah yeah so
1: it's like it just sounds to me there, like you guys that? are on
0: different levels yeah and and yeah. and you want to put in the work and t- time and and you want to take it to the next level and he's Sounds like he's content
1: with where he's at. He's content, but he still wants the same result that I want. And well, this year was first thing I've ever done was, so um, knowing that he's having a baby, me and his wife chipped in, we bought him a bunch of Cuddyback or Cuddylink cameras. Yeah. Right? And I was like, listen, like, set them up. That way you can just pull one card and you can do more scouting faster for you. And then I also put out nine cameras in new spots that I've never hunted before. And I'm going to share all the photos with him and be like, if one's in there, this is your year to get it done before your kid comes.
0: Man, you know? you're a nice guy. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know if I would do that for any of my friends.
1: But <laughs> you know I've known him for twenty something years. Okay. Um, you know, he goes back to the days where we played hockey as peewees together all the way up to college. I gotcha. You know?
0: I you. Gotcha. Well, you're nicer than me, man. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I uh um and so he wants the he wants the same results, but I mean, it's not rocket science. It, I think you know what he needs to do. He probably knows what he needs to do. He's just not going to do it, right? You can't. Right. And it, there's no way. I mean, if it comes to like sometimes my kids, and I, I hate to uh, compare your your buddy to my kids because it's <laughs> it's unfair, but sometimes my my youngest boy, yeah, my oldest two, I can I can mean mug them. Into eating their <laughs> eating their vegetables, but my youngest boy, if he doesn't want to yeah. eat his green beans, man, the only way I'd get him in his mouth is if I force fed him. Right? I don't want <laughs> to. I don't want to eat this. I'm not going to eat this. And he he'll sit there. He's happy with sitting there until it's bedtime. And oh, no. oh, all right, buddy, I'm taking him to bed. So it, it, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, I guess you just gotta. Get over it. Let let him do what he's gonna do. And if he's gonna bitch and complain about certain things, well, let him bitch and complain. It's not gonna really affect you any.
1: No, and you know it, it's just it's funny how we we started out hunting together. Yeah, you know, six seven years ago, I gave him his first bow, and then we got into I got him into it. Yeah, and we got really into it, and then it's like, why wouldn't you? If you're putting all this time in. It, why wouldn't you? Yeah, hunt the best days. Why? You know, in yeah. my mind, it's hard for me to be like, dude, why waste your t- time? on October 1st in the open when it's 75 degrees and sit in your best stand. Yeah. It makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man, it, it's one of those things where, um, people, you know, I, I know hunters who are some of my best friends or, well, I shouldn't say that are good, good friends of mine and they're content with that. They're content with that. Now there's just some things you you can't you can't change. And sometimes you can't change it or sometimes because that eventually he's going to have to want it for himself, right? He's Mm going to have to want to make the change. You can't force him into it. Uh, You you can be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, stay out of that, stay out of that piece until it's good. Uh, And sometimes if you, if a guy wants to hunt, he's going to hunt. And so uh, I, I get it, man. I get, I get the frustration, but at some point it sounds to me like you're helping him out too. And it sucks. Right. I feel like I feel like this is an intervention where I say uh, you need to stop enabling him and you need to let him go out and, and do some of these things for himself, and you worry about yourself because the only way that he will become a better hunter is if he wants to become a better hunter, not if you want him to.
1: I want him through so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and is it just is it just because you don't have anybody else to connect with as far as hunting is concerned?
1: Well, I mean, I have a bunch of friends that hunt, but my style is very much different than a lot of theirs. And I've gotten a lot of arguments with them over hunting. And I just found out that it's easier for me to focus on me, hunt how I want, and by myself. Yeah. Get the results that I want. That way I don't have to worry about anything else. But, yeah, you know, it sucks when you see one on camera and you don't want to send it to your best friend because you know he's going to get upset with you, but it's like, why are you mad at me that I put the time in or I waited for the specific day to go in there, yeah. you know?
0: yeah. Well, so, so do you guys share any property at all?
1: So I will stay at his property, his family's property where he hunts, but I don't hunt his property. I haven't hunted his property in probably four or five years. I gotcha. Uh, But one thing we do do to help like minimize the arguing is usually the first week of archery season. We put two tree stands in the stand together and in the same tree and sit together and just have a bro day.
0: Oh, a bro day. Dude, I like that. Yeah.
1: I like that. You know, it's just because it's like he knows that it's my serious time of the year. And then I know he wants the same results, but like he likes the camaraderie. So we go up, you know, we'll bring snacks, we'll hang out. We don't ever see shit, but <laughs> you know, two dudes in a small tree and it's wobbling side to side. It's always a
0: fun time. <laughs> see, it sounds like you're still friends though. And that's, that's the thing, man. I I have seen hunting ruin people. Like ruin friendships. I've seen guys do very shady, shitty things to each other um, to either get. Let's let's just say this. The here's the example. A lease pops up, right, and mm-hmm. the they go in on a lease together, and so the one guy wants it for himself now, and so he talked with the landowner and said, "Hey, I want to, I want this to myself," and got the uh, another guy kicked off the farm because yeah, that's some, that's some bullshit right there. And then I've also seen guys who go into a lease together or hunt the same property and they, they say they show deer picks to each other and that was their verbal agreement. But each on an individual level, those guys are showing me picks of deer that the other one doesn't know about. So, Mm -hmm. so that's another little, Thing that you probably don't have to really worry about with someone who is probably a really good friend. Like I would hate to see this ever turn into a scenario where you guys lose a friendship over uh, over something like that. Dude, I've seen my father-in-law, one of his I guess decent friends, I'm not gonna say best friends, mm-hmm. told him about a fishing spot and then he told then he told his buddy, he goes, hey, do me a favor. I have a fishing tournament next weekend. Don't go, don't go fishing there. And so the day of the tournament, my, my father-in-law shows up and there is a, a boat sitting right over his best spot. And one of his, (laughs) one of his best spots. And it's the guy that he showed him to. And he goes, dude, I told you, I asked you, please stay away from this spot. And he goes, well, I didn't know, I didn't know. And, and, uh, so he, he didn't, he, he took that personal and he didn't, I don't, I still don't think he's talked to that guy to this day about that. So, so like I, that's why I don't like, I really don't like to, to, especially locally get involved on other people's properties that I, that I don't know or that I know and, and i don't know kind of just kind of remain a a lone wolf of of sorts so what about uh talk talk to me about this property that you hunt you you mentioned before we started recording like it's real long and narrow and awkward
1: yeah so it's basically a giant rectangle it's uh about 38 acres i believe it's my family's property it's been in the family for over 40 years yeah Um, that's where i first started hunting it's about a half hour from where i live and predominantly we get a west wind, which it's good for the property if you walk down one one side. The real issue is it's only like three hundred ish yards wide on its uh widest part, I guess.
0: So it's 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 a deep property.
1: Yep, it's long it's long and narrow.
0: And can you access you can only access it from one one side?
1: Yeah, so it's surrounded by, you know, all the three sides are, it goes all the way from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. And I actually went down to the bottom of the hill, talked to uh, the woman down there whose father passed away and gave her the property that butts up to ours. And she was not having it. She wasn't even nice. She pretty much told me to get the app off her property. And I was like, well, this this is great.
0: Yeah, I love people like that.
1: Yeah, and then the property on the other side, super nice gentleman. He gives me permission to go on his property and hunt as well. And his property's pretty similar in uh, shape and size of mine. But again, the wind sets up to where if I go on his property, it's blowing right into my property. Ah. So I can't really access there unless it's an east wind, and that's super rare for us.
0: Yeah. So on the
1: other side is uh, the guy doesn't live there; he's in Florida. But a neighbor watches it, and they don't want anybody on it.
0: Gotcha. Man, that sucks because yeah. I, I, the the property that I, I have to deal with that as well on. Well, I don't have to deal with it anymore. I lost the property and it's just like yours, a large rectangle. I can only mm-hmm. access it from the North. And in order for me to get into some of the best terrain features, I got to walk right through the middle of it. And oh. if I try to walk through one side or the other, it, so it's not 300 yards long at its widest point but mm-hmm. it it's it's probably i don't know it's a hundred acres it was a hundred acres and it yeah. was much longer than it was uh, wide anyway mm-hmm. so the point is it's like in order to get to the good terrain features i have to go in real early in the morning and hopefully my wind direction stays consistent to where yep. it's not like blowing deer out of there or, or i'm not getting blown out talk to me about how you access that property then so
1: so what i figured out is once i started really getting into hunting and putting up cameras where the deer actually were and the, the best spot of the whole property there's two, there's a funnel that's like an inside corner and that's about 500 yards in from behind the pond. And then the, the pond itself it makes like an L shape. Um, that inside corner is probably one of the best spots. So I put a cal- uh, cell camera there every year and I stay out of there until, um, this starts telling me to go in there. So like right now I run a camera in there and it just shows all does and all fawns. Yeah. And then I, maybe if, if I get cold front mid October, I might get a cruiser to come through late at night, but the moment it starts showing me like, you know, one coming in at seven in the morning, that's when I know it's good. And I wait for, what I learned is if I wait for a north wind, I can enter down on the edge of my neighbors and my property and get into the funnel stand. But then it's like how it sets up. The north wind comes out perfect and it's downhill. So in the mornings, the you know, the thermals go down and I get the wind pushing it with it, and it's out of the bedding area. So, I, once in a while, I'll catch them cruising that line trying to check out the doe bedding.
0: Yeah. So, does have you found success on that property?
1: Yeah. I actually shot two deer off that property. They're with me now. One was uh, – it ended up being 146, and I lost nine points because it wasn't symmetrical. And then I shot another one doing exactly what I just told you in, in the funnel stand. Um, and that, that was just, I saw him once on camera and then I went in the next day in the North wind and he came by at like 22 yards.
0: Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So it, it definitely, it definitely produces, but at the same time, like you've already mentioned, you're, you have to wait for specific wind directions to get in there.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I read Jeff Sturge's book about his like algorithm and it really, like, clicked home to me. I was like, if I'm putting this much time in there, I'm not going to go in there on a mediocre day in my best spot, right? So I figured from looking at all my my photos, after these storms, when the weather drops and the, the wind's gone and I still have a north wind pushing out, like, that's time to go. Especially if it falls somewhere between, like, the 26th to, like, the 7th. I've had a lot of luck just even just seeing deer that are bigger than average for around here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. I I – I can't tell you how important it is. So I'm also the same guy that says this. If the terrain allows you to, you should be able to hunt any tree stand or any terrain feature on any wind direction, if your access allows you to. But on the farm that I mentioned, if I have, let's say, a north wind, access is limited. If I have Mm. an east wind... I have to like I have to do a crazy loop all the way around the west side of the property, <laughs> drop down to the bottom, head all the way back up to the east side of the property, and then go north uh, just a little bit to get to specific stands. And even then, I'm bumping deer. So north and south winds are really what I need on on this this particular property. And so when I do get the off winds, I have to basically say if you really want to hunt you got to hunt way away in an observation stand if you want to it, it you know if you want to be aggressive you can be aggressive but it's all about that risk versus reward thing that we talk about right like yeah, you can go and sure. risk it and you might be rewarded but at the same time you also will probably blow deer out bust them they'll make a racket and then you're then that spot might be burnt for a, a while yep so So have you been aggressive on that property or are you just like, or have in the past, have you just been like, okay, I need to just play it cool. I need to not be aggressive. I need to be aggressive when the conditions are right, but at the same time, you know, stay away.
1: Yeah. So when I was younger, you know, like we'll say like I was 20, I would just storm down in the middle of the woods, put on my my summit climber and yeah, be up in a stand i was like and i would see does and it was fantastic and i loved it and then i realized i'm not seeing what i wanted to see and then i i I went away for a couple years i lived in dc and then i came back and the property was like all the deer get pushed to the property when no one was there and i figured that out pretty quick is how many deer i was seeing so i realized if i just keep the pressure off the property that it was better yeah so now so if I bow hunt it four times in a season, that's a lot for how I compared to how I used to hunt it. Yeah. But I also have public land that I scout heavily all throughout the winter into the spring to compensate for that like scratching that itch because I still need to get out there. Yeah. You know I still want to enjoy my weekends. You know, but that's kind of like I know if I stay out there long enough, something will come through.
0: Yeah well that's good uh and in the only way kind of going back to that uh, what we talked about is um is time right and the only way you Mm -hmm. know that is time spent in the woods time spent in the the stand and you can't replace that with anything other than time scouting time you know time basically yeah so
1: yeah boots on the ground for sure boots
0: on the ground that's a fact now uh, on on this particular property, what are some other challenges you face other than access that p- kind of prevents you from
1: getting in there more? Oh my God, people, the horrible, the ruthless. I've gotten arguments with people on my property. I was hunting, one day I was out in uh, my buddy's property about an hour and a half on the state land and my trail camera goes off right behind the pond, right behind the cabin. And the guy's walking through the scrape and I'm like, I was so mad. I, I climbed down. I ran out. I was almost a mile back in the woods. I ran out in my hunting clothes, which I never do. Jumped in my car seat and drove to my aunt's property and called the police. And the guy gets out and he has the audacity to be like, "Why well, I have permission to hunt here?" And I was like, "Who?" And he was like, "Oh, Jimmy, so and so gave me permission." And I was like, well, "He's been dead for 12 years. Yeah. So when did you talk to him?"
0: Yeah. When was the last time you talked to old Jimmy?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "That's that's great, man. But he doesn't. He has nothing to do with this place. So you got to beat it." Yeah. And you know. The sheriff, I wanted him to write him an appearance ticket, but he just cut him with a warning. But I've never seen him again. But we get people from the neighbor property. They'll walk right down the middle of my property and get in arguments with me during, during like regular shotgun season. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're allowed to be here. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You know. And those those years that I was gone in D.C., the locals realized no one in my family was up there hunting anymore. Right. So for those almost four years, I think people just were like, if no one hunts this, I'm gonna go here.
0: Free, and free, still, a free place to hunt.
1: Yeah. And I still, even last year, I still, I still were running to people, you know, and I don't tell them so nicely, like, yo, listen, <laughs> and it's posted, obnoxiously posted. I'm talking, I go through, you know, every 50 feet, I'm stapling a sign. Yeah. You know, cause I want people to know like I'm here.
0: Yeah. That's nuts, man. I, I that's something that I, I don't necessarily have to go through every single year um, there there has been some time in the past where I've had a guy ruin my hunt, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, um, do you have permission?" Oh, yeah, so and so, let let me hunt here. I'm like, "Well, you need to, if you're just walking through the woods." you got to know it's hunting season. And I, I wouldn't recommend that. And I feel like you should go talk to the landowner and, and, and ask her before you go and do, do something like this during the, the hunting season, especially with like, there are, certain, <laughs> there are certain properties where I will go back to the landowner and I'll say, Hey, listen, um, I, I, I ran into someone on the property. Do you know them? And they're like, uh, no, I, I don't know them. And so that person was feeding me a line. And then, you know, You can't do anything about it, but most, most of the time those people don't show up anymore. And, and then on the, the one property that I mentioned that I lost access to a while ago, Mm -hmm. they said, um, what, what did he say? Uh, the guy let anybody hunt. So I don't even question it. Right. He he would let anybody hunt the property. They would find out that it's tough to hunt if you don't do it. Right. And so they go away. And so all year round along, it was just in and out people coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And you just don't, you don't know who has permission. You just assume they do because the landowner gives anybody, any, any, and everybody, uh, permission.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's there's nothing worse than, like, you know, it's regular season. You get the Orange Army out there. Yeah. And your trail cameras are going off They send you cell pictures of dudes doing deer drives on your property.
0: Yeah. That's and then, not- you know,
1: by the time you drive out there, I mean, that's unfortunate. It's a half hour from the city, which is cool, because if I need to run out there, I'm there. But people from the city know it's there, too. Yeah. You know, and they don't care.
0: Yeah. The the that, the, the frustrating part about that is it's on a piece property that you necessarily don't own but you know that there's nobody supposed to be on there right and and so yeah. for me it's per- yeah, it's a family farm mine is permission and so mm-hmm. at least you can say you have a little you have a little pull and a little sway on what goes on over there yeah yeah right yeah man that's a tough one that's a tough one for yeah. sure what um uh what's your goals for this upcoming season
1: um so this year i'm actually doing my first out-of-state hunt i'm going to kentucky with a bunch of guys from work which is i'm pretty excited about nice so that's on the top of the list and then honestly my goal is i said earlier i put out nine cameras in new locations um i put a lot of time on the ground to help out my body find his deer because he's having a baby right and i was like this poor guy's been hunting he puts in the time maybe doesn't put in as much effort as I would like but in his mind he does yeah so if i can find him one that he's willing to shoot and put on the wall and call it call it a day like i think that's a win for my season and then you know if, if all goes well if i can figure out another one for myself i'd be super pumped
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so let's see um what like you mentioned you have shot like a 146 in the past what yep. is your expectation as far as a, a a buck is concerned, age, class, size? Like, what are you shooting for?
1: Um, 140s to 150s is what I ideally, like, dream about. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Like, last year, the one I saw was the biggest deer I've ever seen on the hoof, and I saw him twice. So I was super stoked that I was able to have that chance that, you know, I played the wind right, I got an entry right, I saw him twice, he never spooked Like, that's a win in my book for me. Yeah, I didn't put them on the wall. But I'm also at the point where I don't shoot anything unless I'm going to hang it on the wall. Because that's just my end-all be-all goal.
0: Do you go after does for your freezer or anything?
1: Yeah, so early season, maybe the first two or three weeks, I do a lot of public land. And I have a lot of stuff like... Specifically, just for those. I want to get the meat. I want to put it in the freezer. I want to get that itch off the back, and then you know, you know, you're set. You're stable. Like you're not as nervous when you see your first deer come in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well. Man, I hope it all work. I hope it all works out for you. Whether uh, you're helping your buddy out. that dude's a lucky dude, right? <laughs> He's a lucky dude. Let's not get it twisted. The baby's not even here yet, right? And you're already helping yeah. him out. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> man, you're. would <laughs> be more lucky
1: if I find him one. Yeah. You know, but.
0: You're a, you're a good friend, regardless, even if not a shooter shows up or whatever, you're, you're went out there and you already, uh, hung c- cams for him, man. You got a, you got a piece of property that, uh, you're, you're, you figured out and you're excited to hunt and, uh, you know, you got the, the public as, as backup and things like that. So, uh, man, I, I hope, uh, I, I hope just from a nice guy aspect that your, your season is a success.
1: Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to hop on and BS with me for a little bit. Uh, Like I said, man, uh, good luck this season.
1: Thanks, Dan. You too. Thanks for having me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, Huge shout out to today's guest. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day uh, to, uh, to... listen and share if if you really do like the nine finger chronicles or the sportsman's empire do me a huge favor and share it on your social media go to uh where wherever you download your podcasts and leave a five-star review that would help me out and uh, let everybody else know how good of a podcast this is and the network is other than that man we got some good stuff coming up Wednesday's episode is going to be a banger and uh I it's a it's a positive it's a positive story so good vibes in good vibes out wear your safety harness and enjoy this Monday